This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that, like, when you think of, like, the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matt. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and sometimes just soak it in warm water. And you can't have any. <laughs> And this week we're talking about bay leaves. Which, Matthew, so wait, you said you made an infusion and you weren't kidding. It's just like bay leaf herbal tea. It's just bay leaf herbal tea. Oh, great. This is... I could warm it up and put it in a mug or something, no. but I, I just want to like taste a spoonful no, of it. No, why, why bother? Yeah, today we're talking about bay leaves, which is, I feel like bay leaves are... Who, who suggested this episode? Was it you? I don't know. I, I, I didn't see it on the list of listener, listener suggestions. I don't know. But, you know, I'm glad we're doing it because <laughs> here's the thing. Bay leaves show up in so much stuff. And yet I don't think any of us really understand what they taste like or why we're using them. Well, today we're going to find out. OK. OK. Now play like a cool sound effect. Like. <laughs> wow. Cool sound effect. All right. All right. Let's go down memory lane. Okay. What's your bay leaf memory lane? So um, I just remember bay leaves being something that um, just showed up in a lot of recipes that my parents were making. Sure. Inevitably, like a soup or a stew or like like a meat sauce or something like that. Yeah, Uh, you just throw a bay leaf in there and see what happens. I've always found it quite satisfying to see them in like the spice cabinet or the spice drawer or whatever, like the idea of a jar that has these leaves in it. Uh, Yes, they're like stuffed in there and like like uh, parallel, you know, vertical orientation just sitting up in the jar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I remember I remember seeing them even as a kid and being like, ah, these are different from the other spices. This is like a whole leaf. That's a good point that like when you look at, at the spice shelf, like there are some that that say like hey i'm a little special because i'm not just like a powder or like some some like little crushed up leaves right like i'm a nutmeg i'm or a cinnamon stick. i'm a cinnamon stick or i'm a bay leaf yes. those are like the big ones maybe yeah. a whole peppercorn of some kind yeah i'm a whole peppercorn i'm a cardamom pod <laughs> how long anyway, can we keep this game going anyway and i think i feel almost certain that i have made a rice pudding recipe that has a bay leaf in it that sounds familiar. Like sh- I, I feel like it shows up in custards sometimes. Okay. I don't know. Um, what about you? What about me? So the only time I can remember, like I've been, I've been cooking with bay leaves all my life. Please. Um, <laughs> now you're just showing off. 
But like the only time I remember ever having something that was bay leaf forward was a bay leaf ice cream at Gramercy Tavern, probably in like 1999. Wow. Um, and so it was well, Claudia Fleming was the pastry chef at Gram- Gramercy Tavern in New York, and they were famous for their desserts, which were fantastic. And we had like a trio of ice creams. And I don't even remember the other two flavors because I was like, whoa, bay leaf ice cream. This is really avant-garde. And, so it, was, you were, and it was good. Wait a minute. You were like 23 years old. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I was like, uh, I, I was watching Food Network. I thought I wanted to be a food writer. Uh-huh. What were you doing at this time? I was 20 years old. I was, uh, gosh, I was probably a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. I was... What were you doing with bay leaves? I wasn't doing anything with bay leaves. I was living in... Uh, I don't even remember. Uh, a yurt? I'm struggling to remember what dorm I was in. Oh, yeah. Everybody, like, listeners are clamoring to know which dorm you were in. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was not cooking my own food. I like, was in. I had a meal plan. Shit. I, I, don't, I was living in a dorm also. I don't remember the name, but it was 509 West 121st Street. Wait, you and Lori were living in a dorm? Yeah, because uh, she was in grad school at Columbia, and we were in student housing. When did Lori finish her degree? Because you guys dropped out of college together. Uh, well, she finished her, her graduate degree in 99. She finished how'd her she, how'd, under- she, how'd she get a graduate degree without an undergrad? Because she did that first. <laughs> she finished her undergrad degree in like 96, maybe. Oh. 97. 97, probably. Wait a minute. You, but you guys, you guys left. Co- hold on. Okay. Let's, let's go to the chronology. Okay. All right. I'm pulling out a long timeline. college in like late 95? That's correct. And you got married in January of, of 96. February. February. Now, Lori was a year younger than you? Was and still is. Okay. Actually, no. She's like four months. So, so wasn't she like a sophomore when you guys dropped out of college? Yeah. Did she like finish college in, in like 25 minutes or something? Like how did she, she get this, it done she got so this fast? Book, uh, at Barnes and Noble called Finish College in 25 Minutes or Less. <laughs> oh, it's like one it of those called... Tim Ferriss, like the four hour work week. <laughs> yes, it was called College for Dummies. Okay. It was, it was from the Four Dummies series. And uh, this is, a, okay, so here's here's what I think happened. I think, uh, and and uh, wife of the show, Lori, who who sometimes listens to this show can can send in some spilled mail contact at spilledmailpodcast.com and let us know like where we aired. So I think she went back to college at UW like starting in late 96 or early 97 and maybe like early 97 and like went like straight through summer quarter and maybe like finished up summer quarter 98 and then and then started grad school like that fall. Okay. Like had applied to grad school like maybe January 98. Well, she is a a smart I really cookie. hope so listeners This doesn't surprise me that she did this all in a way that seems so um both fast and really like fast sh- and, loose. and like sure-footed. Like yeah. I didn't know what that hell I, it took me I didn't know what graduate school was when I graduated from college. Okay. Do you want me to explain it to you now? No. no. I've gone to graduate school. Now. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. Okay. So yeah, so I hope every listener has like a cork board with some like photos and strings on it yeah. like tracing like like when cuz when did I I always forget when I graduated from college. It was either 2000 or 2002 and I do not remember. I remember seeing you on Eagle it mentioning something about being like a like like a bio TA or something. That was, yeah, that that was after, 
because I was I was bioteeing like when when teenager the show December was born was not a teenager at that time. Oh, okay. um, but I was I was bioteeing that time, so that would have been like fall winter oh three. So I definitely graduated before. I guess I probably graduated in 02. I'm having such a good time having this conversation. Me too. I bet our listeners are as well. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Listeners, get in touch. When did you graduate from something? It doesn't have to be college. It could be high school, when like did middle you school promotion. From diapers? When did you graduate from diapers? Just like email us and like give us a year and we have to figure out what it represents in your life. Great. Okay. All right. Uh, Matthew, so you were 23 dining at Gramercy Cavern. Cavern. <laughs> oh, Gramercy oh. Cavern was their wine cave. It was very intimate. Oh, God, I loved the stalagmites in there. Such oh. good atmosphere. I think, like, <laughs> I, I know this is, like, a strong claim, but I think they had the best stalagmites in New York City. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go on. What so, are Bay Leaves? Uh, okay, Bay Leaf is the first solo album by Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam. It was released on September 11th, 2001, and for some reason, no one remembers it. Oh, wow, Matthew. I'm really glad that you dredged up that bit of music trivia. Yes, I think this, I think I got there through like a Wikipedia disambiguation, like, did you mean this this (laughs) completely forgotten Stone Gossard solo album that isn't even on Spotify? Oh, because oh, you went to try to listen to it. Of course I went to try to listen. I'm sure it's on YouTube, like someone uploaded it to YouTube. Uh, there are many herbs called bay leaf. And uh, if it's a whole dried leaf that's used in a, as an aromatic flavoring, probably some English pe- speaker will end up calling it bay leaf. Okay. So there are a lot of unrelated bay leaves. But the most common is the Turkish bay laurel, Loris nobilis, which is native to the Mediterranean. Okay. And I got some interesting botanical history. Oh, I love this. Go for it. Go for it. So according to Wikipedia, Loris nobilis is a widespread relic of the laurel forests that originally covered much of the Mediterranean basin when the climate of the region was more humid. With the drying of the Mediterranean during the Pliocene era, the laurel forests gradually retreated and were replaced by the more drought-tolerant sclerophyll plant communities familiar today. A sclerophyll plant is just a drought-tolerant plant. Oh, I'm about to plant some of those because I don't know if you've noticed, but we're in a drought. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, where? What were you up to during the Pliocene era? You know, I was, um, I was, uh, well, I, I was tanning in the Mediterranean. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because the Mediterranean was drying then, mm-hmm. and I, I was soaking up the rays. Okay, like in an olive grove? Uh, in those laurel forests that were gradually retreating. Okay, but I'm having you... to reread this this <laughs> paragraph a few times. To... Right. So, Loris nobilis uh, is a monoecious plant. Okay. And uh, we've talked about this before, and we're going to talk about it again because we Remind love it. Me, monoecious. Does it mean that it uh, it fertilizes itself? It means that the the male and female flowers are found on separate plants. I wonder how many more times you're going to have to tell me. Well, that the thing is, I, I always forget remember. which one is monoecious and which one is dioecious. Okay. Okay. So dioecious apparently is when they're on the same plant, which is more common. Okay. okay. So so it's not self fertilizing. Monoecious is not. Oh, monoecious. And there can be dioecious plants that that have like structures that have evolved to prevent self fertilization, but in this case, it's totally separate plants. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. Go um, on. Drying bay leaves takes several weeks during which the aromatic compounds become more concentrated. Okay. Obviously, because you're removing water. And a lot of sources say that you should store bay leaves in the freezer and they'll stay aromatic longer. Do you do this? Absolutely not. I do not either. In fact, I'm sure I have some ancient bay leaves back from the Pliocene era. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think no, I think most of the bay leaves you got, they started drying them in like it, on the tree during the Pliocene era. Okay. Era. Yeah. Okay. 
there there's still laurel forests in other parts of the world and it's not it's not forests of just this tree it's like laurel type trees mm-hmm. like there are a lot of trees in that family cool how many trees are in your family oh go on <laughs> um should we talk about cooking with baileys that that's all i've got botany wise oh great do you, okay. have, do you have any more any questions about the the botany or phylogeny of bay leaves well it's just it's interesting to learn this because there's so many different types of laurels yeah, we'll talk. And, we'll talk a little more about different different bay leaf producing trees. Oh, great! Okay, before the day is done. Here. Cool. So I lately have been using bay leaves in Filipino adobo, especially mm. pork adobo, which I've been making a lot lately in the instant mm. pot. And I think we should do an adobo episode. <gasps> do we have a uh, a Filipino friend of the show who we could have on? I bet we could find one. Let's find one. Yeah, I think I think we should do that. Okay. Like I I've been loving this stuff and like really starting to appreciate white vinegar mm. more and more. Mm-hmm. Like just what like a perfect, you know, pure flavoring cuz you put a ton of white vinegar into your adobo and it's so good. I've never had adobo. Okay. Yeah, okay. we got to do this. Okay, please share your recipe in the meantime. Um how do you use bay leaves? I use them, let's see. I think lately I've used them most often in uh Indian recipes. Yes. Which I've been mostly doing in the Instant Pot when I do them. I've also used bay leaves in pickling back when I used to be married to someone who pickled. That makes sense. Have I ever put a bay leaf in a pickle? No, I've put like a slice of kombu in a pickle many times. Ooh, that's a good idea too. Um, I've used bay leaves. Is there one in our ragu? That's a good question. I don't think there is because okay. I don't remember retrieving it. Okay. Um, and definitely in, in soups and things like that. When you serve do, – do you ever serve your family something where you know that there are like whole spices or herbs that are going to need to – that you're going to need to watch out for? No, not often. It doesn't um, often come up. I don't do it often but sometimes and, and we, always, we always get great fun out of that. Like, you know, I, I bit into the cardamom. Oh, that's always fun. Uh, but apparently you can like seriously injure yourself by like swallowing a bay leaf. So don't do that. Oh, because of the cuz it doesn't really lose its shape. It's, no, it's, it's like cuz it's like, like soft and leathery. Spiny. Yeah. Ah, okay. It can tear you up. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What are some cuisines where they are, you know, where uh, you're going to find them in lots of dishes? Okay, so here's something that I don't think I've had prepared this way and really got hungry reading about it, which is that um, bay leaves are a key ingredient in Jamaican jerk chicken. And uh, so according to Wikipedia, the bay leaves are soaked and placed on the cool side of the grill. Pimento sticks are placed on top of the leaves and the chicken is placed on top and smoked. Oh, so like the bay leaf flavor. Yes. So good. Yeah. Okay, wait. So bay leaf with pimento stick on top. So I'm guessing that's like dried chili. I re- realizing just now that I don't know what that is. Should okay. we look it up? Yeah, let's look it up. And then the chicken goes on top of it and gets smoked. I love that. Okay. Pimento sticks. Maybe they mean a pimento cheese stick. Maybe pimento wood sticks. Pimento wood sticks oh. are used for authentic jerk. So what is pimento wood? I mean, it's it's a type of wood, pimenta okay. diosia. 
Okay. Used in, uh, in Jamaica to make authentic jerk. That sounds great. Okay. Okay. In Thai cuisine, they're used in in masaman curry, which is uh, mm. like the most the most Indian influenced of the Thai curries, and so that's probably where the bay leaf is coming from. Ash is a big masaman curry. Fan. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Peanuts. This is this is a thing. Yes. In there. This is a thing that I used to make from scratch, like pre pre having a child. Okay. And I will still sometimes make like it toasting with a, and grinding your spices. Yeah, so like pounding things into a chili paste, and like it was very good. But uh, I can't wait to see what you what you make, or maybe how this changes after oh, teenager. The show December question. goes off to college. Yeah. I don't know. I don't do you think, know. Do you if think you're I'm gonna, gonna go like back? Do you think I'm gonna go back? I don't think you're gonna go back. I think I think I'm just gonna like like you know sit at my like music desk and make weird noises. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be my right. new thing. And uh, the bay leaves that are commonly used in Indian cooking in India are not related to Turkish bay leaves, but are used mm. in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, through convergent evolution, there are a lot of trees with elongated, hardy leaves that have aromatic compounds that the, that the trees are using as a pesticide, but also taste good. Okay. And so, like, anywhere in the world where those types of trees grow, people are going to dry the leaves and cook with them. Ah, that's really interesting. And so, wait a minute. All, all the trees who have these kinds of leaves are called Loroid? Yes, it's like a specific shape of leaf, but they also tend to be leaves that dry well, aren't toxic to humans, and have interesting flavors. Okay. Not certainly you can't use like just any leaf you find this way, and there are poisonous ones. Sure. Like in Indonesia, there's there's a different bay leaf that's commonly used in cooking there. Interesting. Okay. All right. Max Falkowitz, who used to be my editor at Serious Eats, wrote a great article about bay leaves that we will link to in the show notes. He wrote, the trick is to think of it like a spice, not an herb. A spice with a bit of mint, a bit of thyme, some oregano, and aspects of coriander and clove. Just like all spice sings back up to cinnamon and nutmeg, bay brings the best out of warm spices and meaty flavors. Yum. I also see that a friend of the show, Megan Gordon, wrote an article for The Kitchen asking, are bay leaves really worth the trouble? What yeah, does she look, mean? We'll like, worth that. the trouble? Like, like that you have to fish it out afterward? Right. And, like, if you, you know, you have to make sure and, like, keep them in stock. And, like, they go, they, as, as far as, like, dried herbs go, they lose their potency pretty quickly, like, after a year or so, maybe. How old are your bay leaves? You're making a face like you're like you're thinking about your bay leaves and you know, how long they've been sitting in because, your cupboard. Because what I do, what I've been doing for the past couple of years is I have a jar that I bought with bay leaves in it, and you've been refilling and it I refill it out of bulk. Yeah, so I, they're I think probably actually not that old. Okay, yeah, but there that article has some really good comments on it, debating like what are you missing out on if you don't throw the bay leaf in. I, I thought the comments might be like let's let's define trouble. Let's define trouble. Yeah. Good trouble? Good trouble. But I wanted to know, like, what bay leaves really taste like, and we're not going to, like, chew some up. So I've got I've got some bay leaves here that we can sniff. Okay. And they smell very good. I think it's about time for some new ones, but... Oh, that does smell good. I never sniff bay leaves. Right, but... Oh, God, this reminds me. There's, like, a lentil salad that I've sometimes made that's just really simple, like uh, like French lentils or a kind of lentil that holds its shape well when it's cooked. Um, and you cook it with... Uh, like half an onion that you've stabbed with a couple of cloves. So okay, you can sure. find the cloves afterward. <laughs> and uh, and a bay leaf, some salt, and then you dress it with red wine vinegar and olive oil. And it's so much more delicious than it like deserves to be. No, like definitely. I don't think I've ever cooked a pot of beans without throwing a bay leaf in. Oh, I definitely have. But to me, the the smell here smells like lentils. Okay. So, in a good way. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. So here's what I've done here. 
Uh, before you came over, I put three bay leaves into a small pot of water and I infused them over like medium low heat for 20 minutes. Okay. And then let them steep. And so I want to taste this bay leaf water. Okay. I noticed you didn't get me a spoon. This was the last clean spoon. Oh. I figured we could share. How about I just drink straight sure. out of the cup? Like, like this is miso soup. Yeah. Or like you're a cat. Interesting. Wow, it is so much more complex. There's a lot of clove kind of There is a lot of clove vibe in there. Here's what I think is going on with there. So one of the components Wow, I would think that there was clove here. Yeah, one of the components of bay leaf, it's not like the dominant component, but like is a strongly flavored aromatic compound is eugenol, okay. which is which is sometimes called clove oil because it's also found in clove. So so plants plants tend to like settle on uh the same natural pesticides. Uh-huh. Because they're like easy to make from b- basic biochemical components. This is what people tune into the show for. This is so interesting, though, because as everyone knows, I'm pretty sure I have talked about this on the show before. When I had my wisdom teeth pulled, yeah, like almost 25 years ago, I got dry sockets. Yes, and God. then the oral surgeon stuffed the dried sockets with gauze soaked in like oil of clove. Yeah, and so for like three weeks i had to go once a week and he would change the gauze and my mouth like i thought i would never be able to tolerate the taste or smell of clove again and even this does take me back even the taste of this bay leaf infusion which is just so subtly clovey takes me back to a a, a bad kind of trouble i mean it's it's interesting though that like dentists i think dentists still use it that, Mm -hmm. that like this this uh very like Natural. Old school natural ingredient. Yeah. As an antiseptic? Would that be it? I assume so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Wow. Gosh. Yeah, because that's what the plant is using it for, like to, to kill bacteria and stuff. That is So this is such a good point that Max Falkowitz had here, like thinking of it as a spice, not an herb, because the flavor really is spice. Yeah. Like it starts out kind of herbaceous, but it really comes on strong like a spice way and now that I've, I've never done this this bay leaf infusion thing before i'm not going to do it again but now i do feel like i have a an appreciation for like what specific qualities it's adding to my stew or mm-hmm. beans or lentils mm-hmm. definitely a good idea for beans yeah i get that now yeah cool we actually learned something today are we doing are we doing the show wrong mm-hmm. okay but so. watch out for poisonous bay leaf lookalikes in the wild so some members of the Laurel family, as well as the unrelated but visually – this is Wikipedia. I'm quoting from again. Okay. Some members of the Laurel family, like bad seeds, as well as the unrelated but visually similar mountain laurel and cherry laurel have leaves that are poisonous to humans and livestock. I knew this about cherry laurel, which is also often called English laurel, because I have a giant cherry laurel that runs along the side of our backyard. And, and you've and tried eating it many times and you keep having to go to the emergency room? It is one of the largest – it's like intended to be a shrub. Like a lot of people use it like as a shrub and they, they cut it. So it's like square. I like the phrase intended to be a shrub. They cut it. So it's like, you know, like a big rectangle and like kind of forms a fence sort of. Well, ours, I didn't know that if you have a yard, you have to take care of the yard. Oh yeah. I've heard this. I didn't know that. And anyway, so for the first 10 years that uh, we lived in this house, we didn't do anything with the laurel and we wondered why it got to be like 35 feet tall. Oh, is it a remnant of the, of the Pliocene laurel forest? It is. Okay. It is. Anyway, but um, all this to say our neighbors kindly paid to have it cut back. Oh, wow. Did I tell you about this? These neighbors came to us and asked if 
they could cut it back. And I was like, sure, but it's going to be really expensive. Like I had it priced out a couple years ago and was like, no way am I spending the money to get this thing done. The neighbors paid for it. Even the like the tree guys were like, "This is an unnaturally gigantic laurel." Like, it wow, is... it's hard to impress a tree pruning guy. Yeah, in my experience, they have seen things. Should we get into the tree pruning business because it sounds very lucrative? Sure. What's involved? Like, what equipment do we need? Do we need a cherry picker? Mm. <laughs> When I was a kid, I thought a cherry picker was the coolest name for a vehicle and the coolest type of vehicle. No, we're going to need some chainsaws. That's okay. pretty cool. We're going to yes. maybe need like a chainsaw and a long stick. A chainsaw and a like on a long stick. Yeah, because is need, that a thing? Yes, you need to be able to like stand on like you know like a deck or something and hold it out to like a, a long oh, distance wow. to cut a to cut a branch. It seems like if you had a chainsaw and a long stick, it would be very difficult to control. And- yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't even imagine the upper body strength of, of these people. Okay, let's, let's uh, producer Abby, could you write a note that uh, we should look into transitioning from a podcast to a pruning business? <laughs> because <laughs> Matthew, I'm sorry, I'm looking at your upper body right now. No, that's this the thing, like we're going to get it. ripped. Like, I mean, fine. You you already have much more upper body strength than I do. But but Are I you talking could, about producer Abby or me? Everyone. Both of us. Like literally everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but but I could I could potentially get strong if I if I had to do it in order to to like support our families through pruning. Why don't you begin by pruning like the the little like plants in pots on your balcony? Oh, they're in bad shape. Yeah. It's okay. gonna work on your your like your wrist strength My- <laughs> for like squeezing the what's- little the little pruning, the little hedge yes, pruners. I know what you mean. Um what's it called when a kid learns to like put their thumb and finger pincer grip. Yeah, the pincer grip. I I need to learn that. Yeah. Okay, let's go. All right. Okay. Oh, you wrote oh. on here. Also, watch out for California bay leaves. Yes, are- they're not. They're not poisonous. They're 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 fairly widely sold, but they are distantly related to Turkish bay leaves and are often sold fresh, but have a very different flavor profile and should not be substituted for dried. They're much stronger. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. So so get get some good Turkish bay unless you're unless you're like experienced with California bay leaves. Are you experienced? Am I experienced? Like I mean, I did used to live in California, oh. but I don't know if that makes me experienced. I lived in California briefly. Too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, well, mean, I think we both lived there for college, fairly briefly right? for college. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I've had I've had some California experiences. I think. Yeah, I've had some California experiences. Like, mostly, mostly eating burritos. Does that count? I got experienced in California. Okay, yeah, I guess I did too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. High five. Yeah, high five. Uh, all right. Your Should palms we? Palms are sweaty. Yeah. Let's <laughs> warm in here. Okay. All right. So spilled mail. We got nothing. Okay. We need. We need mail. So what I want is like later today. I want the post office, the postal carrier, to show up with a bunch of mail sacks, like in the movie Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I want a miracle on my street involving lots of listener mail, and you can send that mail to contact at spilledmilkpodcast dot com. Uh, the post office will receive it, print it out, put it in an envelope, lick a stamp, and bring it to me. I. I'm going to give you my now, but wow. How have we not already talked about the band The Linda Lindas? Are you familiar with this band, Molly? I have heard of The Linda Lindas. Okay. So, but I've never heard that. Okay. If you, if you are a listener of the show and haven't heard of this band or have heard people talking about it but haven't actually watched their famous show yet – 
go and do that now because they are the the all female, all uh, Latinx and Asian American punk band that essentially burned down the L.A. Public Library with this incredible show Not that they did. Burning. Not literally, but but essentially, mm-hmm. like in in a in a rock and roll sort of like tear the roof yeah. off the sucker sort yeah. of way. Yeah. They they played this incredible set back in May. The whole thing is on YouTube, and we'll link to it. They finished with a cover of uh, a song by The Muffs, which is one of my all time favorite bands. They are now signed to Epitaph Records, and like the thing that I feel about this band is they are great now. And I want if there's a god of music, uh, like like in a in a fucking Mitch album book or something. I want this band to stay together long enough to make like 10 records and get really weird. Cool. Um, I'm just so excited to see what they're going to do. I am so excited to check them out. All right. Thank you, Matthew. Our producer is Abby Circatella. You can rate us and review us. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcasts. You can talk to other people who, who listen to the show at, on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think I think that's that's it. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Watch out for similar podcasts that sound like us but are toxic. I'm Molly Weisenberg, and I'm Matthew Amsterberg. Abby, cut that out, or all the listeners will be able to check out June's library books. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.